Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. So happy to be a part of your day, and I'm so glad you're taking the time to listen to The Advertising Show. We have an encore show for you today, being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. Advertising Show is a copyrighted Big Radio Midgets production. It's being powered by Shipple.com. They have Tendency. They have other great programs out there that are so key to uh, really uh, doing the best job of marketing your website and the uh, products and services uh, that you sell. Check it out at Shippel.com. It's S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. Grace Ann Bennett is with us today with the Encore Show. She's now heading up the Strategic Planning Department of Ogilvy, Chicago. Not a bad place to be, huh? Where she was uh, brought in to build a fully integrated department to serve digital, activation, and brand planning needs. She also uh, led efforts to further Dove's campaign. Uh, to broaden the definition of beauty while building its global business. She also oversees the uh, global Kimberly Clark business, Oscar Mayer, and important brand strategy products. Recently, Grace Ann was the architect behind two significant thought leadership initiatives. Listen to this. She led the Global Man Study, a proprietary study of male attitudes and values around the world, conducting over 2,000 interviews in 13 countries, analyzing marketing conditions, social trends, in an effort to answer that most elusive of questions, what is really going on with men? I don't know. She also masterminded a collaborative and in-depth study with uh, Yankelovich to explore the state of the modern American family. Good stuff and a great interview as we uh, invite you to stay with us here today on The Advertising Show. Hey, Grace, and it is great to have you here at The Advertising Show. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. So, Grace Ann, uh, Ray was reading your, what, seven, eight-page bio, which is in the top three percentile of our guest, and uh, usually we introduce that as a short story, don't we, Ray? Uh, it was a good story, though, with a happy ending, what? and I'm very happy about that. Any truth to the fact that when you were at uh, Dunham Marcus Consulting, uh, that you came into the office one day and you said, you know, if you drink enough Pepsi and Stoli, you'll have to go to Weight Watchers. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did think about that, a kind of cross-promotion, branded, uh, you know, I don't know, some kind of conglomeration of all three clients. They can get together, do a partnership. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a, a great cross-promotion. Let's, you know, to get us started, uh, let's peek into the life and times of Grace Ann Bennett for a second. Uh, tell us a little bit about the exciting things going on at Ogilvy Chicago these days, and if you want to give us a scoop on some new business you guys are working on, that's fine, too. <laughs> what's going on here well we did win the last five new business pitches we pitched so that's good so we're on a winning streak here in ogilvy chicago we're doing let's see we're working on a new campaign for cdw which is a b2b uh, tech company uh we are working on a new campaign globally for ups with the new york office so that's big We've done a lot of work for Dove. We work on BP, so that's a little bit of a nightmare right now. But oh, my goodness. I think <laughs> but we could probably not, spend the rest of the show talking about that, couldn't we? Right, but we won't. Exactly. I know I heard you talking about it earlier, and I know that's, yeah, that's one of our big clients. We helped brand them. We're very proud of all the work that we've done, and now they're in a load of trouble. So, yep, that's one yeah. of our 
accounts here. So that's that's on the radar. And who handles what else the P- doing? who handles PR for BP? I'm curious. Do you know? Uh, oh, don't. <laughs> we do all the advertising globally. Yeah, but, but PR is probably separate of you guys, right? Yeah, yeah but I'm not. Gonna, I don't want to get in trouble. Say something I don't know. No, no, no. I, I was just curious if you knew that who it was. Because I know you you were you had some comments on that, so I'm going to stay away from that topic altogether. Oh, please, do, <laughs> I yeah. d- cannot blame you. Yeah, stay away. But things are exciting here. Things are good, and just and you're going to talk to me about kind of my latest after understanding men. I have to understand what's going on with our money. Well, we might talk about that, but first I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, the CMO strategy article that you uh, co-authored for Ad Age entitled Consumers Are Tired of Hearing About the Recession, which we all are. We're all consumers and we're all tired of that. But before we get into chatting about the article, uh, talk to us a little bit about the Eyes Wide Open, Wallets Half Shut uh, study, which is referenced uh, throughout the article. Give us a high level on that, if you would, Grace Ann. The high level. So, well, what's, I mean, everybody probably listening to the show and yourself included, you know, you might have kind of um, read the papers or looked at your, um, the, your house value and know that we're going through a recession. It's not so good. And it keeps on getting worse. So we were trying to figure out what this is all going to mean in terms of uh, marketing to consumers within kind of this new period. And uh, how do we talk to them about brands? Are they, are they shifting values and what's going on? So the eyes wide open bit is that universally across the board, doesn't matter how old you are, uh, how young you are, where you live, basically there's this kind of new heightened consciousness. We're calling it this kind of consumer consciousness that's, that's happened as we can no longer put our heads in the sand when it comes to our finances and how we make decisions, both on how we spend our money and also how we spend our Lives. So while it half shut bit, and a lot of people are really interested in this part because our our clients are trying to get it, get people consumers' wallets open for their brands, and uh, the thing that's really interesting here, there's no predictable behavior when it comes to how people are spending their money because it's very individually based. And so I just was talking to Fortune magazine a couple weeks ago, and they were saying, you know, why is the lipstick index not working, booze, chocolate, all these industries that usually go up when there's a recession, those, all those kind of rules are not, uh, not working. And so the wallet half shut bit of our thesis here and what we're finding is that there, um, there's all these complicated decisions that are being made when it comes to how people spend money and if the, the old rules do not apply. So. Well, uh, let's get into a little bit of that, Grace. And you mentioned in the article that marketers need to employ new strategies when dealing with today's post-recession consumer. You also mm-hmm. just mentioned that uh, moments ago. Let's let's uh, talk a little bit about some of these new strategies that you illustrate in the article, starting with tap into Americans' strength, don't exploit their fears. Talk a little bit about that. Well, the one thing that's that's definitely true that we found out is that people really are astonishingly feeling very, very good about themselves, and they think the rest of the world is really screwed up. So on an individual basis, we ask them all these questions about, you know, um, do you think the American public's going to go back to spending the way they did before? And they'd say, oh, yes, you know, you know two-thirds of them are just going to, you know, said they're just going to go back to their old spending habits. When, but when it came back to them, they said, no, you know, I'm going to change, I'm good, I'm, you know, I learned my lesson, I'm, you know, I'm okay. So there's all this, this feeling of I'm okay and the rest of the world screwed up. So when marketers 
kind of project this kind of um, this whole recession on the on the greater public and say, you know, you're all kind of going through this financial crisis and, you know, if you need this wake-up call or this doom and gloom scenario, it doesn't really resonate on an individual basis because a lot of individuals are distancing themselves from it and kind of feeling okay on an individual basis. So a lot of marketers, when they, when they kind of look at this big overarching trend and, and try to speak to it and speak to the American public in this kind of holistic way, it doesn't really resonate. So we're saying you kind of have to think differently about that. And and we don't want to think all the doom and gloom and the news and all the bad news. People are sick of that, too. So they're actually well, feeling- that would make a lot of sense that they're sick of it. I'm also surprised that uh, the, the people are feeling so good that they're going back to the way that they used to, to spend. I'm really surprised that there hasn't been a change, at least a little bit of a change in behavior there. Well, they, they say that they've, I mean, you, you have to look at different things, but they say that they've actually really have changed their spending habits for the better. Yeah. They just don't right. think America has. Right. And it's interesting that <laughs> so they So these think are all Republicans, changed. then, I guess. Is, no, they said, we have changed. <laughs> and, and so on a personal level, yes, I have changed. I just don't think the rest of the world has changed. So there's all this. There's a very, there's a big disconnect between the individual and the collective. Let's, uh, before we get into the next question, Brad, let's take a break here uh, with uh, Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show. Out of uh, Chicago this weekend, the Director of Strategic Planning at Ogilvie and Mather, Grace Ann Bennett, is our guest. GraceAnnBennett.com, by the way. You have your own website. What a great idea, too. <laughs> we'll be back with more Advertising Show being powered by Shipple.com in a platform called Tendency, incredible marketing platform. It's S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. It's Shipple. Ed and his crew do a great job for us here in Houston and uh, all over the world, for that matter. Stay with us on The Advertising Show. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Here's the story of the 1940 cars in a nutshell. Buick. And See back in 1940, Buick that's all it took to sell you a brand new Buick. Okay. Uh, ch- things have changed just a little bit here. It's Ray and Brad on the Advertising Show out of Chicago this weekend. It's our very special guest, Grace Ann Bennett. Grace Ann is Director of Strategic Planning at Ogilvy and Mather. And Grace Ann, once again, it is great to have you here. Welcome back. Great to be here. Yes, going back to the article for a moment, uh, and entitled, by the way, if you're just joining us, Consumers Are Tired of Hearing About the Recession, uh, and we all are, of course, that you co-authored at CMO Strategy at Age. You say, beware of the price trap. A lot of marketers, I think, gravitate to a price issue uh, uh, when it gets into a recessionary situation as we're in now, but you suggest don't exploit uh, the price uh, uh, the price fix approach, you need to be aware that price is a short-term fix. Talk a little bit about that, Grace Ann. Well, it's very tempting to give people coupons and put everything on deal and uh, make everything cheap as people think, okay, recession equals I need to save money, so I'm going to do some kind of promotion that's going to cut down the price. But that is going to be probably just a short-term gain as you don't want your brand to be seen as something you buy when things are down. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a, an exercise in deprivation or it's just something that you're doing uh, because it's cheap. It's actually probably a better idea to boost the desirability of whatever product or service that you have to offer because people have finite resources and they 
really from our study, they will get what they really, really want, and they, and they have some pretty crazy ways that they go about actually getting what they want when they have these scarce resources. Um, but you need to be at the top of the list and it needs to be desirable. So desirability yeah. is actually more important than ever. Not to mention that when good times return, and they always do, uh, my goodness, a price uh, strategy just will totally backfire on you for the long term, won't it? Exactly. It's like I, I think about you know things that are associated with times of tough times, and then if it starts getting back to normal, you think, okay, that was that was then, and now I'm I, I want to feel normal, so I'm going to buy buy uh, something else. It's like women with their I, you guys are two men, but. You're wearing your maternity clothes. I mean, the last thing you want to do is get anywhere near those after you've had the baby, you know? <laughs> it's associated with something else. So you don't want to kind of be the recession brand of choice. Oh, that totally blows the Mr. Mom theory, the schooner tuner people. Hey, we lowered the price, and we're, we're in this together. That's, uh, yeah. that's, exactly. I mean, people like deals, but they're, they're not always, that's not always a, a big loyalty move. Sure. Grace-Anne, you're quoted as saying the most surprising thing about the study that you referenced is how many consumers, how much consumers, I should say, are saying that it's more about what they would not do for money, even when money worries are high on the list. How do you interpret this strange and unusual response from consumers today? Yeah, we, we, we asked them some questions because we thought, okay, well, what, how desperate are people for money and, and what kind of things will they do for money? And we asked a whole range of questions uh, one, the funniest question is, you know, would you marry a um, a rich bitch or a rich jerk? Or um, <laughs> would you rather marry a rich bitch or jerk? Or would you rather marry a poor, nice guy or girl? And, and you know, over 90%, so they're going to go for the poor, poor guy. Wow. But I think the big thing here is that people are thinking that the pursuit of money has let them down. And money isn't all it's cracked up to be because they went on this kind of corporate ladder rat race kind of situation and it didn't really end up so well they have lots of debt they are in debt to their lives for all the time they spent away from home and they've kind of bankrupt their lives and their financial situation in the pursuit of money so they're like they're thinking well maybe if i don't if i'm not going after money uh and i i i anchor my values to something that is um better in terms of time and family and friends and some of those those things that uh, that I'll end up happier in the long run. You know, I'd like to get where you come down on social media. It's such a hot topic today. Some suggest that social media cannot really be monetized or marketed as a channel. Others suggest that it's a, a great thing and have example after example of the positive things that have come from uh, sure. marketing and social media. What are you, what's your take on social media and marketing? If it's, if it doesn't work? <laughs> well, well just a, how, uh, what strategy you would employ? Do you recommend it to your clients? Just your thoughts in general. I, mean, I think you got to get your head around social media because it's kind of the way things are going. I mean, if Facebook's the number one uh, kind of online destination, then it's something to contend with because that's where all the eyeballs are and that's where a lot of the kind of time is spent um, where, it's, where it's going. I think the trick with uh, marketers is trying to figure out how to genuinely be in that space without being in their face <laughs> in, in a way that, that you actually want those brands brands there. So I don't know if there's an actual answer of exactly how to do it. I think we're still kind of experimenting and testing and learning. But uh, I think brands need to, to figure that out, and we're trying to help our brands figure that out as well as we 
we enter this new territory. I think the the, the scary part of that is experimenting. Uh, you know, with with any advertiser's money, it's like, well, you know, this has got to work. Okay, come on, don't 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 say that experimenting word. Exactly, but I mean, I think that's where you kind of the breakthroughs come is when you when you take some risks mm-hmm. and the the kind of I mean, you can measure a lot online, which is good. So there's a lot of risk and there's a lot of experimentation, but there's a lot of accountability and a lot of measurement when it comes to this space. So I feel like. The risk-reward scenario is, is, is pretty balanced, and it's definitely a worthwhile endeavor to kind of jump in there. And hopefully the you agencies know? have the, uh, the opportunity to work with clients that believe in them enough to say, you know what, I'm on. Let's do this. Let's do it mm-hmm. together. Yep. I think it's exciting. It makes it fun. I mean, my job in you know, strategic planning and thinking about brands, and I find it endlessly fascinating because there's so many more pathways. It makes it more complicated, but definitely makes it more interesting. So... So for those that are not uh, the faint of heart and willing to go out there, I think there's a lot of a lot of great things ahead. Makes sense. You know, as we wrap up this segment, uh, Grace Ann, you say it's important for marketers to have a big picture view of how consumers are evaluating purchase decisions today. So, how are consumers evaluating purchase decisions? I mean, I think this is one of the most interesting things that we started to see as this kind of new consciousness emerges. The thing that's interesting is that because we our eyes are wide open and we've kind of been forced to look at our lives in this big macro way, that consumers are making these complex decisions and trade-offs uh, that they've never made before. So I would say, you know, pre-recession, uh, just purchase decisions, more straight math, and now it's more like calculus. So a lot of brands are competing. I always use the example of like your Starbucks coffee might be competing with a new car purchase, and there's all these crafts cross-category decisions that are being made um, that consumers used to not make before. They used to kind of make purchase decisions in silos, like, okay, here's my coffee budget, and here's my travel budget, and here's my car budget, and my education, and they, they kind of saw things in these little silos. And I feel like the exciting thing is that they're starting to look at kind of their resources, money, and time in this big macro way, and it throws everything out of balance. But then they kind of reassemble their lives and, and their priorities and values in these different ways. And marketers need to kind of, again, be important and valuable into consumers' lives in a way that they, they have to kind of reestablish their importance in a way that they never had to. And they're competing against all these things that they never competed against before, which I think makes it interesting. Grace Ann Bennett is our special guest. Grace Ann is Director of Strategic Planning at Ogilvy & Mather out of Chicago this weekend with Ray and Brad here on The Advertising Show. Yeah, I'm going to ask you one final question about your study, and then I've got some random questions here for you, Grace Ann, that I want to get some quick reactions to. But as we wrap up the study-related questions, I found it interesting that people, according to your study, are getting back to their television sets. Where do you think this is? Uh, I w- that was interesting for us, too, and it's happening in a greater rate of return to your TV set with the younger generation than in the other generation. So that that was interesting as well. So I think it's this whole thing that we're uncovering that people, when they get thrown into a state of disequilibrium, with this, which this recession has thrown us into, they either retrench or reimagine. And TV viewing is part of kind of the retrenching um, coping mechanism as we try to kind of put our lives back together in a way that seems familiar, safe, comfortable, and... It's kind of these incremental changes to kind of bring back 
some sense of normalcy. And TV is free, or not really free, but if you already pay your cable, it's basically <laughs> it's already a sunk cost when it comes to things you're already paying for. So you sit your butt on the couch and you watch TV and back to the opiates of the masses and this kind of um, the good old television set uh, to, uh, you know, wish your cares away as you look at your dwindling stock portfolio or your <laughs> dwindling house value. So it is interesting with so many other screens competing for consumers' attention that they're actually such an increase in the favorite screen being the television set. It's comfort That's food for the eyes or something, isn't it? Or the brain, I guess, is a good or way to describe it. Or the soul. Anything. Comfort. Yeah. I, think, I think they called that cocooning back in the early 2000s in a similar situation, a recessionary right. deal exactly. that we were in. Do you think that there's a need for advertising or the industry in general to reinvent itself today, or do you think we're going along just fine? Uh, yeah, I think you'd have to be have you're definitely have your head in the sand if you don't think we need to reinvent advertising today. I think the exciting and scary part of our business is that it's in need of a major reinvention, and we're in the middle of one right now. So I say everything's game, and and it is going to be uh, tricky because um, I it, yeah I've never seen such a embattled uh, industry in terms of a real demand for reinvention. Well, that was that was a loaded question, and Ray's usually loaded during the show, which is why I asked that, that question. But true. I'm curious. Uh, you know, a lot of the differentiators, the major differentiators between agency X and agency Y is simply a matter of the ideas that they bring to their clients. So how do we get clients to appreciate that that is what agencies are selling and be able to actually provide some kind of distinct compensation, uh, compensation to that particular agency that comes with those great ideas. Exactly. It's exactly a question I've been asking myself for the last 20-something years as I've been in this business. It's one of those evergreen questions, and I think as things shift and the business model shifts but the, um, or the, the rules of the game shift, but the business model doesn't shift fast enough, uh, advertising agencies haven't been very good at getting paid for what they bring to the table, which is which you know are the ideas, and those are. But 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 valuable. aren't the agencies aren't the agencies the one to blame for that because they're not demanding the clients pay for them? I mean, they're just going along. A lot of cases, agencies are willing to do spec work and not get paid for it just mm -hmm. to get the business. I mean, who's really to blame here? Grace I mean, Matt? I think it's the agencies are to blame. I mean, if if we we have a business model problem, uh, we need to have a business. Uh, we need to have a new business model. So I think it is up to. You know, the big holding companies, the agencies, to reinvent the business model, but you almost need some kind of OPEC situation here, <laughs> yeah. where all the holding companies hold hands and say, "Okay, we need it. We need to to work together to come up with a new system of compensation because we're we're our own worst enemies because we throw free work and free ideas and uh, we don't make it easier. We don't make it easy on ourselves to to get paid for what." Uh, the value we bring. Great, Shannon. Unfortunately, we, we, we are out of time here at the advertising show. We'd love to continue the conversation, but uh, obviously, if our listeners want to go to graceannbennett.com, you can find out more about not only the, uh, the Global Band Study, but all of the other great things that you've been doing. Continued success. Thank you for being a part of our industry as well. You're doing a great job. Well, thanks for having me. On the advertising show. Yeah, it's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe. Continuing here in just a moment. Stay with us. You had asked us to bring back some of the great shows of the past, and that's exactly what we're doing here in 2011 here at the Advertising Show. Uh, almost a decade of shows, and man, have we talked to a lot of great people, including today's interview, Grace Ann Bennett. Hope you enjoyed it. 
And uh, we invite you to join us next week. The advertising show is being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. And you're always invited back to the advertisingshow.com anytime. Tell a friend all about it. You can download those podcasts and uh, check out, like I said, uh, just about a decade of uh, material that we have here at theadvertisingshow.com. The Advertising Show is a copyrighted Big Radio Midgets production, and we will talk to you next week. Why do more media professionals read IWantMedia.com? IWantMedia.com features reports from industry leaders and media personalities. IWantMedia.com gives you quick access to news, stats, trade orgs, and industry publications, and it's updated daily. Forbes says IWantMedia.com contains everything media professionals need to stay ahead of the game. The Washington Post calls it the source for the serious media geek. Do you get it? If you don't, you should. To sign up for free daily email alerts, visit IWantMedia.com.